circle centers for Cousins, a shot, and he scores. Dylan Cousins makes it 3-0 Lethbridge. Byram going to take it coast to coast on a backhand, scores! Up to the blue line, Vandalese, the effort, tip, scores! Carson Folk is Mr. Teddy Bear! A deflection. Oh, he scores! It's over! It's over! Game 7, overtime, hero! Hi, hello, and welcome to the WHL Podcast. I am Zach Hodder, the Manager of Player Development for the Western Hockey League, and your host for this week's episode. As usual, I mean, it's been three episodes, I can start saying that now. Let's jump into the news and notes for the week of August 4th, 2020. Starting in the NHL, 125 WHL alumni are competing in the 2020 NHL Stanley Cup qualifiers, as well as three current WHL players. Captain Peyton Krebs of the Winnipeg Ice is currently with the Vegas Golden Knights. Bowen Byram of the Vancouver Giants is with the Colorado Avalanche. And Igor Zamula of the Calgary Hitmen is with the Philadelphia Flyers. The Vegas Golden Knights lead all NHL teams with 12 WHL alumni, including alternate captains Mark Stone and Derek Englund. Turning back to the WHL, the Everett Silvertips have acquired Michael Abgrill from the Edmonton Oil Kings in exchange for an 8th round pick in 2021 and a conditional 2nd round pick in 2023. Abgrill, who is from Richmond, BC, was selected 67th by the Oil Kings at the 2018 WHL Bantam Draft and spent last season with the Powell River Kings in the BCHL, posting 13 goals and 24 assists for 37 points in 57 games. The Prince George Cougars have signed their first round CHL import pick forward Yanni Karkainen. Karkainen, who is from Kerava, Finland, was selected 12th overall by the Cougars and spent last season in the Finnish U18 league where he scored 9 goals and 9 assists in 29 games. Staying with the CHL import draft, the Vancouver Giants have signed their second round pick defenseman Marco Staka. Staka was selected 90th overall after playing last season with HK Dalka Trenchin of the Tipsport Liga, which is the top league in Slovakia. In 48 games with Dalka Trenchin, he posted 2 goals and 4 assists along with 43 penalty minutes. That's it for the news and notes. For everything WHL, check out whl.ca and follow us on Twitter at the WHL. Back up top, Lacusta, 12 to go on the power play to Reiner. He's pressured, gave it away to Zeri. Shorthanded breakaway. Zeri behind the D, scores on a backhand with 2.45 to go. Connor Zeri makes it 3-2. I'm here with Camelos Blazer forward Connor Zeri, prospect for this year's NHL draft. Connor, how, how's everything for you in Saskatoon? Yeah, it's 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 been good. It's getting back to normal, getting on the ice, kind of getting in the gym, kind of getting back to a, a normal summer of preparation where it's the gym in the morning and, and, and usually hockey at night. So uh, it's been a lot better. Obviously, everyone's kind of gone through some, some tough times around the world with everything going on. So I think just to kind of bring a little bit of normalcy back to back to my life, at least it's been pretty good. Well, that normalcy isn't coming back for a lot of people, and, and it's going to change for yourself the trajectory of your summer in that there won't be an NHL draft where you'll be in attendance. Uh, you won't be meeting with NHL teams face-to-face, and I'm sure you've already been talking with NHL teams in preparation for the draft. So what has that been like for you? It's been a lot different. I think uh, one of my buddies said to me the other day, like, it's kind of weird thinking that you should have been at the draft this past weekend. We were kind of just talking about it. And, but yeah, I think it's kind of been, it's been a lot different of a experience and, and something that uh, not many people will go through with all the Zoom interviews and, and kind of not having the combine and not having those meetings in person and then obviously not having the whole draft experience. But uh, no matter what it is, it's, it's kind of been fun just going through the whole experience, you know, going through that whole, throughout the whole year, 
playing with that added pressure was, it was fun for me. And then obviously everything kind of ended at, a, at an abrupt stop. And obviously it's not what you wanted, but it's it's still been a pretty good time. And, and uh, just trying to have fun now, kind of get back in the gym, get working and, and still trying to have fun and, and enjoy my summer as much as I can with everything going on. You guys had such a good year. But what, what do you think you guys did this year that made you such a dominant team in the BC division and in the Western Conference? Yeah, obviously, I think Matt Bardsley and, and kind of everyone in that management group made a good decision bringing, bringing Sean Cluson on board. Cluey was, was unreal for us this year and definitely one of the best coaches I've ever had. And I think he just kind of pushed us to get better every day, but made sure that we were enjoying to come into the rink every single day and we we're having fun with it, lots of energy at the rink. And, and I think kind of just the, the atmosphere we built there in Kamloops with kind of having a brotherhood you have that family and kind of every day you come to the rink and it's just enjoyable and I think that that's uh, a lot to to Cluey's credit just everything he did kind of everything he implemented it's it's hard being a new coach with a with a whole different group of guys and we had our struggles the year before so coming in for him I imagine it was difficult but I think it was kind of a seamless transition for all of us and he, he made it work really well. Looking forward to next season. Obviously, you're going to be a 19-year-old. Uh, you've already been invited to the national junior team development camp that would have gone on this summer. You're going to be taking another step as a leader on the Kamloops Blazers, if not the leader of the Kamloops Blazers. What does it mean to you, and what do you think a good captain does and a good leader does in junior hockey? Yeah, I think just kind of showing up to the rink every day. You're, you're there to work and kind of put your best foot forward and and obviously lead by example, but but for me, it's it's bringing a lot of energy. I think every time I come to the rink, making sure guys are enjoying being there, make sure guys are having fun, and and that's where they want to be. Their mind's not somewhere else. So, I definitely for me, it's coming to work every single day, coming 100%, but also kind of making keeping it loose, making sure guys are having fun. So, I definitely say that's my leadership style and and what I try and implement. Now, as you prepare for next season, what are some of the goals that you set out for yourself? Yeah, definitely. I think the things I'm working on over the summer just obviously getting stronger trying to put on some some good muscle and stuff like that just just trying to be stronger overall but biggest thing for me just trying to get faster work on my foot speed and kind of work on those first three steps to kind of make my game even better and kind of take it another another step to that elite level and and kind of where I want to be obviously when when you're going through the NHL draft stuff you talk to a lot of people and and they kind of they're giving you criticism and what you need to work on and stuff like that so I think I've really taken that into account and 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 things I want to work on obviously my your eyes are always going to be on the pro level when you kind of start to go through this. So knowing that I want to move up sometime soon into to pro hockey, whether it's, uh, I mean, like in my future sometime, I, I, I need to work on those things, just getting faster and, and improving my game to that next level. On that note of talking with general managers, they're not just giving you criticisms, they're also asking you questions. Famously, drafts, whether it's the NHL or the NFL, general managers and director of scouting, they like to ask players sometimes odd questions. Uh, have you had an experience like that so far in any of your draft meetings? No, I actually haven't really. I haven't had any too many too many stunners or, or too many things that take you like kind of out of off your path I think for me it's just been pretty normal they've been over zoom obviously it's a little different than being face to face and I think they've they've mostly been pretty straightforward and sometimes it's it's just a conversation sometimes it's by the book questions by questions but for me there hasn't been any really questions that have really stood up or kind of caught me off guard I guess it's lucky over Zoom, it's a little bit more difficult to ask, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to ask those exactly. pointed questions to a, to a young man like yourself. Yeah. So, you know, Connor, again, there's so much uncertainty with what's going on right now. How are you keeping yourself motivated to, to train as hard as you're training, to prepare as hard as you're preparing for next season? 
Yeah, definitely. I think no matter what, the the goal going into next season for me is to kind of, in Kamloops, we want to win it all and we want to bring a championship. And, and obviously the draft is still something I'm looking forward to, even though it usually would have already happened. It's it's something I still have to work for. And, and who knows, maybe the season starts before the draft happens. So that's definitely even more motivation to want to work to be an even better player to, to kind of, if those scouts do see me again before the draft happens, that they were like, they're getting that refresh and they're knowing that I'm that top elite player still. So it's not hard for me to be motivated. I kind of want to be the best every time I'm, I'm out on the ice or I'm in the gym. So, so for me, I'm just have fun with it and, and do as much as you can to, to kind of become a better player. And, and that's enough for me. You talked about being the best player on the ice and, and the training that you do. Every single year you've been in Kamloops, you've, you've taken a step. You've gone from the 16-year-old who contributes to the 17-year-old that's a vital part of the team to the 18-year-old that you were this year that was you know, one of the top players in the Western Hockey League. So what does a successful season look like for you next year? Yeah, definitely. I think for me, uh, like I said before, I think anything short of a, a championship for, for me would kind of be falling short and I think a little more of a team level with that I know we have the kind of team to do I think we could have made a really far run last year and I didn't think many teams were going to kind of knock us off four games in a seven game series in last year and I think we're coming back with still the same great coach and a bunch of great group of guys and great players that are going to take that next next step to want to be even better and kind of we're all working towards that goal to win a championship and then Personally, I think my goals, I say, I kind of just, every time I'm out there, I kind of want to be the best and I don't want to be able to produce and and make plays. And and for me, uh, I always make a goal stats wise or or plus minus or kind of my face offs or something like that. So I think I'll I'll start thinking about that as the year comes on closer, but definitely for me, I'm I'm pretty focused on, on that team goal of winning. Whenever the season does start, uh, you know, hopefully we start on time. Outside of Kamloops, what rink are you looking forward most to getting back into and playing as a road team again? Oh, I got to say Kelowna. <laughs> I, I think it's, it's too much fun kind of going there. I think just the rivalry we've always had in my three years and, and how heated it gets. And it's, it's the most fun, most fun you can have when everyone's going 100% kind of uh, everything they got to kind of win the game. And I think definitely that's, that's a rink I'm looking forward to getting back into besides uh, the Sandman Center. Uh, absolutely. That's a great rivalry for sure. <laughs> Could have been a playoff rivalry this year too. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, Connor, thanks again for taking time out of your day. Uh, wish you all the best as you move forward to the draft and the National Junior Team Development Camp uh, and then getting back into the season with the Blazers. So, again, have a great summer, and, and I hope you, you really take off again next year. Thank you. Appreciate the call. Zeri can have a shorthanded break. Here's Zeri in shorthanded for Hanson! Well, put that one on a silver platter because it was served right up. Thank you to Connor Zeri and the Camelot Blazers for arranging that for us. Zeri is currently ranked 15th among North American skaters heading into the 2020 NHL Entry Draft. Our next conversation today is with former Calgary Hitman and Tri-City American, Connor Rankin. Connor just finished his accounting degree at Mount Royal University, and he took time to sit down with us and talk about his time in the Western Hockey League, as well as at Mount Royal. Work it up ahead. Nice pass. Onto the stick of Rankin. Away with Lang. Two on one. Rankin, the puck carrier, right circle, holds, waits, deeks, stuck, scores! Are you kidding me? Hi, I'm talking today with Mount Royal University graduate, former Calgary Hitman and Tri-City American, Connor Rankin. Connor, how are you doing? How's summer been? Thanks, Zach. It's been good. It's been good. It's been a different summer, that's for sure. You know, the transition, getting away from school and having some time off. And uh, it's, it's been nice, but trying to keep busy when I can. Yeah, you just graduated from Mount Royal. Tell us about your degree and, and some of the plans you might have in the future. 
Yeah, so I graduate, graduated with my uh, accounting degree there at MRU, and uh, I've always enjoyed numbers and stuff like that. But, you know, obviously with the pandemic and things going on right now, I, I'm kind of taking a year to to kind of see what I want to do. I started my own hockey development business as well and would like to stick with the game of hockey. I've done it for so long and I've enjoyed doing it. So the future's kind of got a lot of questions to it. But for right now, I just kind of want to enjoy myself and see what I enjoy doing for, for a career potentially. Well, let's start with your Mount Royal career, looking back on careers. You came out of the Western League and you actually started in the ECHL before uh, deciding to come back to Canadian University Sport for some hockey Mount Royal. What went into that decision for you to leave the coast to come back and go to school? Well, it's a tough decision. You know, it's, you know, you're playing pro hockey and that's always the end goal with a hockey player. But at the time... Uh, when I signed that that uh, AHL deal, you know, it's pro hockey, you're not going to reject that. So, you know, when December hit and um, just the ice time I was getting, you know, I wasn't comfortable where I was. Maybe I was too young or wasn't matured yet enough. Uh, I'm not sure. But, you know, with the WHL scholarship sitting there and with talks with MRU, which was an up and coming team and a, a great school, I saw it as a chance to develop more, you know, only playing 28 games a season and uh, lots of time for practice, lots of time to go in the gym and I uh, just developed my game that way. And I thought, you know, being 20 years old at the time, there's there's always time to improve. I'm, I'm not going to peak at 20 years old. Uh, you know, you see a lot of guys peak 25, 30 years old. So I thought it was a great opportunity to develop my game and play at a better league this time rolled around. That transition that you made from the coast to MRU, it's not just a hockey transition, it's also a school transition. So what was it like for you to go from the first half of the season where it was just hockey, 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 to the second half of the season where it's you're in class at 8.30 a.m. and then you're on the ice in the afternoon practicing again. And then you got to go home and study for the exam <laughs> you have the next day. Yeah, it's definitely a big transition. You're at practice with East Coast. You're, you're at practice, you're home by noon, and you know, you're watching TV or playing video games the rest of the day and hanging out with the guys. So to go back to MRU and you know, you got class in the morning, you got practice in the afternoon, you got to study and do schoolwork at night. It's, it's a big transition, but to be honest, I enjoyed it. You know, even in my fifth year, I really enjoyed, we call it the grind, right? It's, you're always doing something. And at the same time, you're doing it with all the guys. All the guys are in the same boat as you. And you're all trying to get through a test or get through a midterm or a project. And, you know, you're, you're doing it all together, whether we all went back to school together to study and stuff. It, we try to make it as fun as we could. And we definitely did that. And it was, like I said, it's a lot of hard work, but it's, you know, you have that sense of accomplishment when you're that busy. Speaking of accomplishment, what do you think is your greatest accomplishment at the Mount Royal University? Is it a hockey accomplishment or is it an academic accomplishment? Uh, that's a good. That's a good question. You know, I've I've had a lot of great times at MRU, and you know, I'm I'm happy with my five years there and what I accomplished. It's tough to say. I you know, I still have that sense of disappointment actually because the reason I chose MRU is. They're a new up-and-coming team, and I wanted to bring back at least the Canada West or National Championship, which sadly we never got to do, and we've gotten close. But, you know, as, as a sense of accomplishment, you know, I hope that I left MRU in a better place, you know, with a lot with, the, lot with the younger guys too, helping them with school and hockey, and those guys are starting to succeed as well uh, right now in their third, fourth year. So to be honest, just passing that legacy down, and hopefully I did a good job of that, but that's, uh, that's the one thing I was proud of. We've talked about MRU. Let's look back on your Western League career. You were seventh overall pick coming in into the league with the Tri-City Americans. What was that first year like for you, especially the fact that you had such a successful 16-year-old campaign that most players don't have? What gave you the confidence to be able to jump in at 16 years old on a very good team and have that much success? 
I think you said it right there. It was a very good team, um, you know, surrounded by great players, great coaching, great management. They they put me in a chance to succeed my 16-year-old year and can tell that they wanted me to succeed. You know, the players, the management, the coaching, they all gave me that confidence to, to have a good year and to move forward and hopefully get drafted. And, you know, they had high hopes for me. So they put me in a great position to succeed that year. Put me with great players. They spent time with me. They tried to make me feel most comfortable as I could be as a 16-year-old living away from home. And to be honest, going into that year, I was just so excited. I was very excited to start playing junior hockey and playing in front of a couple thousand fans and this and that. It was, it was something I looked forward to for since I got drafted. So I was ready and I was eager to play hockey that year. You were a consistent player throughout your entire Western League career. You played your first four seasons with the Tri-City Americans, and then you were traded to Calgary Hitman. What was that situation like for you, and how, how does it feel to be a 20-year-old player getting traded, or a 19-year-old player getting traded from a team you've only been with your entire career? It was it was a bittersweet feeling. You know, the hardest part is saying goodbye to all the all the guys you built friendships for three, four years. And you know, I had an amazing time down in Tri-City and those, the management, again, the coaching, the players, it was, it was tough to say goodbye, but at the same time, you're going to a team that obviously was going for a push to win a championship that year. You know, again, it was, it was humbling that they wanted, wanted me to kind of fit in and be that puzzle piece to help them succeed that year. And, you know, you're going to a Canadian market, a big city, you're playing in an, in an NHL ring, all that stuff factored into all the excitement that I felt going in. And, um, you know, the team was, was really good that year. They were, I think, best in the league when I got traded. So it was, it was exciting. Like I said, it was something that, you know, I was, was going to miss Tri-City for sure. It's a long time there. It's my whole junior career. So uh, a little bit scary at times, uh, you know, when you're on a new team, you have to fit in with new guys and a new system and everything. But again, pure excitement going there. When you look back on your, on your Western Hockey League career, what would you say is your biggest accomplishment but also, if you could go back and change one thing, what would be the one thing you wish you could change? Ah, biggest accomplishment is a it's a tough one. I you know I again I, I'd say it's my whole twenty year year old year with Calgary. You know I I struggled to start of the year point wise, and also I was just wasn't playing very well. And you know it was a disappointment to me because I was a twenty year old and. As you know, WHL teams only get three 20-year-olds. So um, I felt like I was letting the team down. But for some reason, I I fought through it and I turned it around and ended up having a great second half of the year. And, and the team did as well. We were, we were struggling at the start of the year and we turned it around. And I think part of my leadership that helped do that, as well as the other 20-year-old and 19-year-olds, we it was more of a team accomplishment in that sense that I was very proud of that year and probably my most favorite year in the junior career. And as for uh, something I would change, that's that's a question that I don't know how to answer. And, you know, I've been asked before and you look back and I'm like, I don't, I don't know what I would change. It was, I don't regret going to the league. I don't regret basically any decision I made. Even the ones that, you know, turned out being bad decisions is something I learned from and ended up being a, a positive in the end. So to me, I, I'm sorry, I can't answer that question because I can't think of one thing I could change. It's a good political answer on that one. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you're working hockey development now. You started your own company. When you're working with these young kids, what are the areas you're really focusing on to help them achieve that development that you had as a young player? It's a good question, too. It's, I mean, the one thing, the reason why we started it was it's with four other MRU alumni as well. So we're all, we're all st still pretty young. Uh, we played at a high level. We, we can connect better with the kids just because we're younger. And uh, we've been there no longer than 10, 15 years ago, and, um, which feels like only two years ago. It's crazy. So, you know, the biggest thing we want to focus on is the kids to have fun playing hockey because... I, I, I'm a strong believer in if, if you're not having fun what you're doing, there's no way you can develop. I mean, you can, a lot of things will go in, in one ear out the other or you just won't be passionate about it. So 
we try to have fun with the kids on the ice while developing as well. And, you know, that's the life lessons that we learned as a hockey player too. I mean, you as well, Zach, like we playing hockey, you, you learn those life lessons that are tough to learn anywhere else. And that's something that we want to strive to do for these players and continue to teach them. And uh, so they can move forward and be successful in life. You know, you're at a point now where you're, you've gone through almost two different phases of your life in the past 10 years of playing in the Western Hockey League and then playing at Mount Royal University. And now you're moving on to the next stage of your career, another stage that you're hoping to be successful in. You have an accounting degree. You know, what type of job are you looking for right now? And what, uh, what position or what industry do you see yourself in? Because an accounting degree can take you across many different levels of industry. So yeah. what are you looking to do career-wise outside of the hockey development company? Yeah, outside the hockey development company, it's, again, a great question because I do want to stay in the hockey industry, you know, and that, that might just be something on top of the hockey development as well. As for accounting, like I said, I'm kind of taking the year off to to figure out if that's what I really wanted to do. But I, I prefer to make hockey my career, my life, whether it's starting in a front office somewhere or being a coach on a hockey team. Uh, something that I'm striving for right now is getting my coaching certificates about halfway through so I enjoyed accounting you know I enjoy numbers I, I enjoy you know it's almost like a puzzle with numbers so it's even better I enjoyed it a lot it's something that I might fall back to in about a year uh, I wouldn't take much longer than that because then I'll pursue my CPA if that's if that's the case that I want to get into and go into public practice but as for right now I'm going to look for more of a full-time hockey career whether it's in the front office or coaching yeah that's great so Connor my last question for you what is your favorite hockey memory doesn't have to be MMRU Western Hockey League. It can be back in your major midget days or even your Bantam Pee Wee days out at North Shore Winter Club there. But what yeah. was the moment that that sticks out in your mind as, as the moment that is just burned in there that you remember forever? I'd say it's it's almost like a two-parter. Going back to my 20-year-old year in Calgary, that pivoting point in the year was we had a closed-door meeting, players only, probably around December when we were outside of a playoff spot, I believe, or pretty close, and not achieving very much as a team. And I remember that meeting vividly, and that's, again, that's the pivoting point to our year. And fast-forwarding to the playoffs that year, you know, we were playing Kootenai, and Game 7 rolled around against them. Rival team, you know, sorry, Kootenai, we, we outplayed you pretty bad that game. We, we were hungry. I've never seen a team battle that hard to win that game and players after the game you know the 16 year olds the 17 year old rookies you know saying that they played for us and you know the 20 year olds that could, it could have been our last game right and I think the shots were like 50 to 12 at the end of the game and we just played so well and on top of that I scored a hat trick which was pretty exciting as well and doing that in the game seven on home ice so everything about that game is something I'll never forget what the players said to us before and after the game what the coaching did what you know what we battled through all year it was definitely a night that I'll, I'll never forget. Well that's awesome Connor thank you so much for taking time out of your day to, to have this conversation with me hope you have a great rest of the summer and uh, all the best to you in in your life moving forward. Here. Of course Zach thank you very much really appreciate it good talking to you again. Congratulations to Connor on finishing his degree at Mount Royal University. In that conversation, Connor had mentioned a 2015 playoff series against the Kootenai Ice. I went back in the catalog and looked it up, and it turns out Connor didn't just have one hat trick in that series, he had two. The first of which came in Game 4, and the second, of course, came in Game 7, where the Calgary Hitmen knocked off the Kootenai Ice 6-2, out shooting the ice 35-13, and the ice only recorded one shot on net in the first period. Lastly, on today's show, we have a classic call, including the guy who scored the goal to tell us about the 2007 WHL Championship Final. Monday, May 14th, 2007. Game 7 of the WHL Championship Series. 
The Medicine Hat Tigers are at home against the reigning WHL champion Vancouver Giants. The Tigers were led by future NHLers Chris Russell and Derek Dorsett, while the Giants had the likes of Milan Lucic and Cody Franson. After staving off elimination the night before with a 4-3 win, the Tigers headed into the championship game with confidence and the hometown crowd packed into the Medicine Hat Arena. Tyler Ennis opened the scoring for the Tigers on the power play nine minutes into the first period and the Tigers took a 1-0 lead into period two. The Giants responded early in the second with a power play goal from Wacy Rabbit and then the go-ahead goal from Michael Repic with just a minute 30 left in the frame, putting them 20 minutes away from their second consecutive WHL championship. Heading into the third, down one, Dane Todd secured the equalizer 12 minutes in to tie the game and ultimately force overtime. Overtime proved to be as close as the series had been, but also as unusual. Fog had made its way into Medicine Hat Arena and persisted throughout overtime, forcing a short stoppage in play several times during the overtime periods. Despite the fog, both teams played tight defense and neither club was able to break through and find the back of the net, so the first overtime ended the same way it had started tied at two. The second overtime was as closely defended as the first, but seven minutes in, the puck found itself on the stick of Martinville, Saskatchewan product, Brennan Bosch, and I'll let him explain the rest. And I, I do remember I had Chris Russell on my right side, so to be honest with you, I was thinking kind of the whole way up the ice that puck was probably gonna go to Russell, who probably had a better chance putting it in, but once I got over, I just, you know, no shot to bad shot in overtime, and uh, threw it on net, and was lucky enough to catch uh, Catch the goalie kind of coming the other way across the net. McCardle's got the puck. McCardle coming off the boards. It rolls off McCardle's stick. And Bosch and Mahachik battling. Here comes Bosch. Bosch with speed. Bosch shooting. Score! In total, 19 players who played in that penultimate game went on to play in the NHL. 12 from the Giants and 7 from the Tigers. In addition to the players, Medicine Hat Tigers head coach Willie Desjardins went on to become the head coach of the Vancouver Canucks and the Los Angeles Kings. While Tigers assistant coach Sean Clouston became the head coach of the Tigers for 9 seasons and is now the head coach of the Kamloops Blazers. That is it for this week's episode. Thank you to Connor Zeri and the Camus Blazers, as well as Connor Rankin and Brennan Bosch. You can follow me on Twitter at Zach Hotter. You can follow the Western Hockey League at the WHL and our prospects account at WHL Prospects. Thank you for listening to the WHL podcast. I hope you have a great week, and we'll be back again with another episode next Wednesday.